Hello everyone in front of the microphone of film today. We will be speaking about Skinamarink and American Psycho. I am joined today by Geo again. Say hello. Hey everybody. Um and yeah, Geo, have you been up to anything interesting? Any movie watching? Any movie watching? Um, really not much lately. But I mean, there. I think I think I'm I think I'm pretty uh I'm pretty well caught up on Skinnerink and American Psycho. Two great great movies, incredible movies. I would be willing to say. And I have a hot take here on Skinnerink. I think it was really good. I know a lot of people disagree with me. A lot of people say it's the worst yeah. thing they'd ever seen, but I liked it a lot. I agree, honestly. Like it, it really like. I mean, and most of the scenes were of like a couch or like a bed. But when when it cuts to like the scenes of where it's like cut your like carve your eyes out and all that like you know that that that's it gets you know it it has its moments. I'll say I mean it can be dull at some points, but it it really can get just like good. It puts you to sleep and then wakes you back up with mouthless children. Exactly. So and then, and then, like and then like wailing and crying. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna agree with you here. Um. The thing is, it is mostly, like, a Macy's catalog, but... Yeah, but, I mean, hey, it's good, though. That's what gets it under your skin. The static and Macy's catalog randomly cutting to, like, a quiet voice saying, put the knife in your eye, is not something you usually see. Oh, no. It's it's not really... Not the first thing that will really appear, but... And I know, Geo, that it didn't do this to you. It had an effect on me where I couldn't sleep for days. Well, yeah, I mean, it really didn't really have any effect on me, but I mean, it was. But was what you couldn't sleep? Yeah, no, I had I had not a problem in my mind until I watched Skinamarink, and like it was like being a small child. Like I could not look at the dark for. Well, really? For days, yeah, no, because in my mind, immediately when I saw like a dark hallway or something pictured like a face in the back of it like my brain made something of everything because that's what skinnamarink did it strained my brain and it really messed me up yeah for me it didn't really it didn't really affect me at all i mean i just thought it was like a good movie (laughs) (laughs) um so the thing about skinnamarink geo is spoiler alert now i guess because we're gonna be really delving deep now so the thing about skinnamarink yeah. Is that for the majority of the movie, there's nothing there. But it labels itself as a horror movie, so your brain is watching, scanning every frame, because there's you know there's got to be something there. And even when there isn't, your brain has the ability to make something out of nothing. Yeah. Like, the thing is, like, we were all just waiting for something to happen. But then, like, 40 minutes into the movie, you get to, like, a suspenseful moment. Like, like, like the first, like, again, like the first, like, 20 minutes is just, just like a few little bits of words. The kids watching TV and it's just darkness and steps. It's nothing like, it's nothing big. But when it actually, like, you know, when you get farther into the movie, you're like, you're into it. Like, it's, it labels itself as a horror movie, but you're just looking for, like, the horror moments. And your mouth, oh my god, I don't, (laughs) your mind is what makes that horror. I mean, those scary moments are, like, you see, like, 
subtitles on the screen, it'll be like, come upstairs, look under the bed, Kaylee, I need you to close your eyes. And it's stuff like that, that you would never really think anything of. But what what Skinnamarink does is through the whole movie, they never show a face. Yeah. So when your brain is trying to imagine what's that face going to look like, then your brain makes an imaginary face and your brain brings on an uncanny valley effect. Yeah. It, it definitely, like, like, you know, it's like, close your eyes and, like, the subtitles come up on screen. It definitely, like, you know, it gets you more, like, intrigued in the movie. Like, a lot of people, like, didn't like that or, like, just, like, like the movie in general. But, like, it was it was good. Yeah, and you have... I feel like, I feel like that added to it. I have a standout moment for me. What do you got? There's... One scene where you see a shot of a couch and then it cuts to a shot of a door. And then through that shot of that door, because it's an open door, and through that doorway, the subtitles show up and it says, put the knife in your eye in this really distorted voice. And that's in the intro, so you heard that clip. Um, And when you do hear that, then nothing really is made of it. Because then the girl's like, I want my mommy and daddy. She's like a little sad. Um, And then somewhere like probably five, six minutes after that, there's a shot of a kid laying on the floor, like just their legs and feet. And And then it cuts to a distorted jump scare of this girl with no mouth or eyes and just like a really loud like sound. And it really is terrifying because before that you have pretty much all silence. So it's like, yeah. whoa, that's terrifying. And then you it see like, you all hard. and then you see like a kid, you hear like a kid crying and then the demon voice supposedly says, she said she wanted her mom and dad. So I took her mouth away, which is like, probably like, I, whoa. I mean, he already took the toilets away at this point. So yeah, what a rude fella. Like, like what also like kind of got like the like the story going like you know like after like all that science like the kid like i think it was the brother was calling 911 he was like explaining what happened like yeah. like all like the blood and like the eyes the knife what was like my mommy and daddy are out and it was like yeah it was, like my it was like my sister or like my i don't remember it was like my sister or brother was like hurt and like they were, they couldn't figure out like which house it was cuz it was like the kid was being so quiet so, the concept is, Joe, at the beginning, the dad makes a call to the, like, a friend, and says he fell down the stairs, so kinda, he's at the hospital now, so on and so forth. Um, yeah. And then, it presumably cuts into a nightmare, where this kid has one cartoon playing on the television, which is, like, a rabbit that's, like, jumping in and out of a hat, but it keeps repeating and, like, skipping. It keeps, like, glitching, yeah. Um... And all of a sudden, things start disappearing. All the doors and windows start disappearing. The phones are cut off. Um, the toilet disappears. The sister's face disappears. The mother's face disappears. And you see her. She's the look under the bed. I need you to close your eyes. Kaylee, come upstairs. All that. Um, and mm. if you watch videos explaining Skinnamarink, because uh, at the end of the movie, it says 572, right? When everything's, like, already on the ceiling at this point. It's terrifying. Um, Yeah. At the climax of the movie, which is probably within the last ten minutes, you have a number that says 572. So, the whole theory about this movie 
is that the kid, when he fell, is in a coma. He's in the coma for 572 mm-hmm. days. Um, he's in a coma presumably for a brain tumor, uh, some kind of brain damage. And mm-hmm. that gave him something called face blindness. I don't know the n- science name of it. Mm-hmm. Um, prosopagnosia is what it is. It's caused by brain tumors in the frontal lobe. Now, with prosopagnosia, you're not able to see one's face, which is why you never see a face throughout the movie, presumably. Um, the, toil- yeah. the toilet goes away because at if he's in a coma, presumably he has a catheter and it's a tube stuck up either your front hole or your back hole. <laughs> uh, or both. Uh, so that you don't... Because if you're in a coma, you're not you're not getting to a toilet, so someone's got to do it for you, you know? Mm-hmm. So you've got that, and then the reason there's no doors or windows because he's in a hospital, probably a curtain, not a door, no windows around him. So mm-hmm. everything starts disappearing. Um, they put the knife in your eye, presumably surgery, to try and get the frontal lobe out. They have to cut the eye out and do some kind of transplant with that. Um she, so I took her mouth away. Presumably the sister's not able to come to the hospital anymore because they assume the kid's fading. So uh, she's not talking to him anymore. So, quote-unquote, took her mouth away. Um, yeah. The cartoon is glitching because he's only able to use what he remembers of the cartoon. You know? Yeah. And he doesn't remember the rest of the cartoon. So all that's playing is that one where it's like... Rrr. <laughs> he's like laughing he's like <laughs> um and presumably that's that and at the end there's like those picture frames with the faces disappearing you know presumably that's yeah. the prosopagnosia and then, like he remembers like the legos and, like the legos and like how they kept getting like destroyed like, yeah all the cartoons playing and like the tv kept like cutting on and off all the legos are just being like pulled away and like destroyed his brain is trying to come up with any memories he can. So the Legos are getting destroyed because he has a memory of Legos breaking. So on and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. And at the end, that cartoon is playing in the background, right? And then you have blood yep. splatter splatting on the floor and that's going away. Going down, going away. Because when he fell and, like, down... upside down and all that. When he fell down the stairs, blood clearly splattered because he banged his head up good. And if he had a brain tumor, that fall is definitely going to let you know it happened and know it oh, exists. Yeah. So, any kind of brain damage, presumably, to that frontal lobe area. Um, and the blood splatter, like, splats. And then it goes back, and then it splats again. Um, and then you hear mm-hmm. a little girl scream out, Mommy! <laughs> Which is presumably um, the sister. Seeing yeah. that the brother fell, blood all over the floor. She's screaming and crying. She's screaming for the mother. The blood splats, then it goes back, then it splats again, because that's the glitching effect of his brain stopping working, pretty much. And it ends. Skinamarink ends with a black screen and a weird, distorted face saying, go to sleep. Um, presumably that's just the people at the hospital, like, nah, it's been 572 days. That's, like, <laughs> long time. It was almost three years, I think. Yeah. So that's them being like, nah, this kid's... Yeah, nah, nah, it's, it's like, yeah, like, t- nah, like two and a half years, yeah. That's the the people at the hospital kind of going, oh, this kid's done for, just die already. <laughs> yeah. So... So in, the, so in the end, does he die? 
I mean, if they're saying go to sleep and then everything fades to black, presumably he's dead. He was in the coma for 572 days. That's wh- that's a long time. And though people have been in comas for longer than that, he's a small kid. And with the amount of blood you see at the end, if that is really him hitting the floor, <laughs> that's a lot of blood loss. So likely, mm. he, likely he does die. But if you don't look into that, say you're not analyzing the movie that far and you don't see that, this movie is just a really haunting thing. Oh yeah, it's like it's like awful when you think about it. Like some like four year old kid falls down the stairs in a coma, being tortured in a nightmare. His sister doesn't have a mouth, and his parents are just like crazy in, in the dream. His house, he's like, is like everything's just distorted. He only he can only remember certain things, and then he dies at the end, where he's just being told to go to sleep, and then the movie ends. But say you look at it at really face value. Like, you have no concept of movies having plots. So you look at it as, oh, this is this kid's nightmare, right? This is this yeah. kid. This kid fell asleep. He has a nightmare. The 572 is him having had this nightmare as a recurring nightmare for 572 days in a row. And he's just being tortured by a demon that possesses him with this nightmare every night. Which, even though that's not it at all, say you look at it from that face value. A movie that goes from, like, silence to random jump scares out of the blue, like a distorted kid's Fisher-Price telephone (laughs) and a lot of crying, then realistically you're talking about a really haunting, disturbing movie. Mm-hmm. So do we recommend this? Because I sit Skinner and get a happy 76 out of 100 for being really scary, but past that, nothing more. And once you have it like told to you that it's actually a really sad movie, it's not scary anymore. So I have it's it at just a, like, you know. You feel bad. Like, yeah. So that's why I sit it at a 76 out of 100. Do I recommend it? I don't really want to put anyone through that. I feel like it's a haunting experience. But you know what? Yeah, sure. I'll recommend it to the horror fans, but people that aren't horror fans, I feel like it could really stick with you. Yeah. I don't give it... Uh, out of a hundred, I'll give it a... I'll give it a solid 80. I liked it, but it wasn't... It definitely wasn't. I'll also recommend it, but it wasn't, like... It wasn't great. It was nothing really, like, special, was it? No. Not, not, I mean, yeah, actually, I'd say it is special, because very few movies have scared me like it did. So I'll say it's special, but for you, I would say, I wouldn't say it's as special as it was for me. Yeah, it, 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 it I feel like it just, like, it's, it hit you a lot harder than it did for me. Because if you're scared Isn't of, it? if you're scared of the concepts of analog horror and, like, the back rooms and all that stuff kind of freaks you out. It's, oh, yeah, then, then this is it. This so, is gonna yeah. stick with you, and this is probably the scariest movie I'll ever see. Like, this movie... Yeah, but, but for me, it wasn't really much. So, yeah, this movie hit a lot of the points that scare me, like, with the Uncanny Valley and the analog yeah. horror. It, it feels like a YouTube video of something that someone made to be intentionally really terrifying. Yeah. So... I mean, I do feel like some, like, teen just, like, made this in his basement. <laughs> So with that, I would say, yes, I do recommend it. Yes, it freaked me out a lot. And, um, yeah, I say with that, we transition into American Psycho. Um, See, this is a movie that is far greater than Skin and Marink, in my opinion. This movie, I have at a solid 97 out of 100. I think oh, that... Oh, yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. I think American Psycho is an absolute masterpiece of film. 
That's right. I'll give it to you there. So, yeah, Gio, I'm going to let you kick this one off. Yeah? Yeah. All right, how should I start? Let's see. I mean, listen, the movie, you start off, you meet Patrick Bateman, a man or a businessman who's uh, a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit crazy. Like, he's, he's going utterly insane. He's, he's, he's like, he's a very clean man of like a dude that likes to work out a lot. Like, <laughs> just a very, like a very like sophisticated dude, right, Jack? Yes. Um, Patrick Bateman like, is the definition of alpha male. Sigma male. If you will, you would say, there's an idea alpha. of a Patrick Bateman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might shake his hand and you might feel flesh, but realistically, there is nothing there. Yeah. Now, now Gio, if there are movies I have a lot to say about, American Psycho is that movie. Oh, yeah. So, Gio, I'm going to let you say whatever you want, and then I'm going to kind of take this into autopilot here. Go, dude, go right ahead. I mean, I could say more along the way. Just, you know, take the lead here. This, in my opinion, is peak satire. American Psycho, I, upon first watch, watched it at super face value, and I was like, whoa, this is a really disturbing story about, like, rape (laughs) and sexual assault in the most Sigma form. But mm. American Psycho is absolutely hysterical with its line delivery on lines like, The last time I saw Paul Allen, I took him to a new musical called Africa, Oh Africa. It was a laugh riot. And saying really out-of-pocket stuff with zero emotion. Oh, yeah. Um, You got some of the funniest character names ever, like Lewis Carruthers. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who tried to touch him in the bathroom. Um, yeah. Oh my god. See, Patrick, Patrick was not liking that at all. <laughs> the look of sheer horror in that scene, in Patrick's face. He looked more scared in that scene, washing his hands, than anyone else did getting chased by him, nude with a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you got some crazy kills in there, too. Yeah. Some off-screen, even. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. But I would like to quickly read to you Patrick's confession speech at the end. Because this was honestly a performance that should have gotten him an Oscar. Now, Joe, stick with me here, because it's a long scene. But I would, oh, like yeah. to, I would like to read it to you right now, okay? <clears throat> mm-hmm. I'm going to read it to you like I'm reading like a essay in front of a class, and I would like you to comment on it. Howard. Yeah. It's Bateman. Patrick Bateman. Like James Bond. (laughs) Yeah. You're my lawyer, so I think you should know. I've killed a lot of people. Some escort girls in an apartment uptown. Some homeless people, maybe five or ten. An NYU girl I met in Central Park. I left her at a parking lot behind some donut shop. (laughs) Mm. I killed Bethany, my old girlfriend, with a nail gun. And some old F slur, for the sake of me not wanting to say it. And a, a dog with a dog. Last week, I uh, killed another girl with a chainsaw. I had to. She almost got away. There's someone else there. Are. I can't remember. Maybe a model. She's dead, too. And uh, Paul Allen. I killed Paul Allen with an axe in the face. His body is rotting in a bathtub in Hell's Kitchen. I don't want to leave anything out here. I guess I've killed 20, maybe 40 people 
I have tapes of a lot of it. Some of the girls have seen the tapes. I even, um, I ate some of their brains and I tried to cook a little. Tonight, I, uh, I just had to kill a lot of people. And, um, I'm not sure I'm gonna get away with it this time. So, uh, I mean, I guess I'm a pretty, uh, I guess I'm a pretty sick guy. So, if you get back tomorrow, I may, may show up at Harry's bar. So, you know, keep your eyes open. Um, yeah, so, there, that scene was so well acted, and then after that he followed it by saying, I'm happy camper at some point in that last period of time, and kind of ruined the performance. But I have some other quotes I would like to say from this movie. Yeah, what do you got? (laughs) And these really tell a lot about the story. We got the hip to be square scene. In 87, Huey released this, Four, their most accomplished album. I think it's Undisputed Masterpieces, and then he starts dancing. Hip to be square. A song so catchy, most people probably don't listen to the lyrics, but they should, because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of trends. It's also a personal statement about the band itself. Hey, Paul, uh, axe slam. (laughs) Debatedly one of the funniest scenes in film history. I, I, I got, like, two more. I got two more. Yeah. Um, this next one is Ed Gaines. Uh, Ed Gaines once said, When I see a pretty girl walking down the street, I think two things. Gio, he thinks two things. One yeah. part of me wants to take her out and talk to her, be real nice, sweet, and treat her right. What the other part of him say? I mean, you gotta wonder. Mm. What her head would look like on a stick. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> that's out of pocket, but okay. One more quote, and Geo, um, this one, Geo. This might get us on the explicit tab on Spotify. Oh boy. Ooh, ooh, this one's naughty. <clears throat> get a goddamn job, Al. To which he proceeds to say, "Look how bad you smell." Mm. Jeez. This was the homeless guy, right? This was the homeless guy. In the middle of the alley. Killed him. Chopped him up real good. Yep, he just, like, took the briefcase and then just... I mean, didn't he give him, like, money or something? And then, like... He was gonna give him money and then he shanked him. Yep. Um, you also got some other stuff. Uh, and realistically, Paul Allen's card was admittedly the best, which is why he killed him, right? Because he killed yeah. everyone over cards, over, just... over business cards. Yeah. I mean, it was not like some of like, the main reasons that he like did all of it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you have other like, things. Like, Jared Leto is amazing in this movie as Paul Allen. Um, Willem Dafoe is in it, which automatically makes it a W movie. <laughs> but then you got Van Patten who comes in. Van Patten should not have showed that card. It was amazing. Like it makes you automatically want to buy like homes from that man. Uh and yeah. how'd that do for him? <laughs> uh. Now uh there's one more thing I want to get into. One more thing, Jill. Yeah. This is probably the funniest sex scene in any movie ever. Oh, boy. (laughs) 
would you like to explain? <laughs> Wait, which one? <laughs> There's a couple of them. I'm talking about the one where he looks at himself in the mirror and gives himself, oh. like, signs of approval. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, um, so I think it was, I don't remember who it was with, but it was, like... It was with two prostitutes. It was with two prostitutes. Wait, was one of them a midget? <laughs> no, that came way later. Oh, yeah. But, um... Little person, like, yeah. You know, he was Little just, person. uh... We're not, try- we're not trying to get canceled. Yeah, yeah, we're not trying to get canceled. Not not midget. I'm very sorry about that. That was That's my bad, everyone. But, you know... <laughs> He's uh, you know, he's just, he's just, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's doing his thing. I'm not gonna say they're going at it, but they were uh, just <laughs> talking like they're dogs. <laughs> they, yeah, you know, I mean, they, they were, they were doing their thing. And then Patrick, you know, he, he slicked his hair back. He's shirtless in the mirror, and he just started <laughs> he's giving more than himself... shirtless, Gio. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he, he pantless. Just giving... Oh yeah, oh yeah, pantless. Yeah. <laughs> he was giving himself a little, like a few, like words of encouragement. Let's say. <laughs> He pointed to himself and like started I... nodding his head and like basically telling himself how attractive he was. Yeah, dude, the, the, all like the ladies were like looking at him like he was like mad, Because <laughs> he was, he was, and then yeah, after, he was. And then afterwards, he grabbed a a coat hanger, said, "We're not done here," and then they all walked out bleeding. So. Yeah, Patrick Bateman, everyone. There's a couple more sex scenes that involve murder. One of them involves cannibalism. Um, to which I wrote in my notes, Patrick Bateman, Cannibal King. <laughs> we found we found Pippi Longstocking's dad, everyone. <laughs> um, you also have uh, the scene where he looks at, he's like at this pleasant meeting. He says, I'm into murders and executions mostly. <laughs> um, yeah, the Patrick Bateman guy. I also want to mention how Jean, his like lady that he wor- his like works for him, looked exactly like Lisa from the room. Like you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Lisa. <laughs> Dude, the room also a good movie. That's a fire I, 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 movie. That's that's for a later episode. <laughs> yeah, no, that one I could talk about for hours. Um, the, the nude chase scene. Let's talk on this for a minute. Mm. The nude chase scene is insane. Yeah. Like, listen, wait, we were talking about Jason, so I mean, like, you know, Jason, the, the movies, listen, they, the, the second one was good. The first one was alright, but, listen, the movie, it, it, well, the, all, all the movies, they kind of get repetitive and kind of boring after a while. But the Jason concept does not get dry. What does that have to do with American Psycho? <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> uh, oh, I, th- I, I thought I heard you say Jason. No, I said the new Somehow. chase scene, not Jason. Wait, the new what scene? The nude chase scene. The che- scene where he chases the lady with the oh. chainsaw and he's naked. Oh. <laughs> uh, can you cut that out, Jack? Uh, no, it's fine. It's a stumble. Oh. Um. <laughs> so, like, the nude chase scene. Well, I mean, 
I think the, the well, didn't oh, didn't that like one lady catch on and like saw like all like the dead bodies in the house and like in the bathrooms and everything. She, she saw, saw blood the, everywhere. Yeah, she saw the dead she, bodies. She, 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 she saw yeah, she saw a little bit too much. And she she just she did not want anything to do with that, bro. She wanted to get out of there. She ran through the freaking hotel naked, bro. Patrick also had his ding-a-ling out running through the hallways with a, with a chainsaw. He was revving it up and screaming and laughing. He was, like, crying and screaming, trying to, like, run, like, to the stairs. But Patrick over there, bro, he's, like, chasing her. He had a good scene of his butt. <laughs> and it was, like... And then, yeah, I mean, the lady, like, made her way down the stairs. Patrick was, like, yelling at her, calling her some bad slurs. And then he dropped the chainsaw from the top floor, and then it landed right on her. <laughs> yeah, and then after that, you have, like... One more scene where he's like with the girl, at, like where he's with um, Reese Witherspoon at lunch. Um, but at some point, <laughs> he ends up in a shootout with the cops, and like yeah. as I said, a shootout doesn't totally match the vibe, but it's fun. And yeah, and then shootout, he just he just like started shooting back. <laughs> in this shootout, he takes a Glock and blows up a car with one shot, and then kind of looks really confused yeah. at his Glock. Um, and we'll get back to that in a second. But it's like a full shootout. He like shoots an old lady and holds her cat at gunpoint and stuff. Yeah. Um. And. Uh, some point in American Psycho in the book, Patrick Bateman kills a small child at the zoo. Uh. Uh. I just wanted to mention that. But yeah, no, he gets in the shootout. He blows up the car with a Glock, and then at some point later on. We learn, at, like, the very end of the movie, we learn his name's not actually Patrick Bateman. He's no Patrick Bateman. That was, there's an that, I- was his, that was the name he came up with. That was the name he came up with in his head. And there's an idea mm-hmm. of a Patrick Bateman, but there is no real Patrick Bateman. Yep. So, essentially, it's all in his head. Um, That's why his Glock blew up a car. Because this is all his imagination. Um, So, as I said, <clears throat> none of it happened. Bateman is a loon with an imagination. Cars don't explode. How's about Pat lays off the horror movies for a bit? <laughs> yeah. His psycho killer he, 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 fantasy he just, got the best of him. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 he had enough. <laughs> so, um, one more line I want to throw in there. Just because it's probably the best line in the movie. I wanted to save it for the end. Yeah, I don't want to get this wrong, so I want to kind of say it like it. I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly <laughs> insane? <laughs> um, that's Patrick, bro. You got a good impression. I'll give that to you. Thank you. Oh, give me one more shot at. It. <laughs> I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? <laughs> God. Um. Yeah. And by the way, yes, I do like Huey Lewis in the news. They are banger after banger. Mm-hmm. And They're pretty good. And Phil Collins. Susu Studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, Joe, I'll give you this time to add whatever you want. Um, if you want to, like, plug a product or your whatever you want, plug whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I mean... I gotta say, well, I, 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 actually, Jack, why don't we just get right to the ratings of the movie, because I've got some stuff to say there. Yeah, I give it a 97 out of 100. I say it's probably the best satirical comedy I've seen ever, and I think that it did so much right, the snarky, witty comments throughout the whole thing, the 
absolute commentary um, on 80s businessmen. I think it was really, really yeah. funny, and I think it was great. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it like it was a good part of the movie. Um, but what would I give it as a rating? See, out of a hundred, listen, the movie overall it's a ten out of ten. But if we're going in the hundred range, listen, it has. I'll give it like a sell. I'll actually I'll give it a ninety-seven too. Like, there's nothing really wrong with the movie. It's it's I mean, well, technically, there's a lot wrong with the movie, <laughs> but. There's a well, lot I mean, wrong with Patrick's head, you should say. Yes, exactly, exactly. The movie, no. The movie's great. But there's, like, there's so much, there's so many just good scenes and things to keep you hooked. It's it's just like, it's like a slasher, but better. <laughs> I think that this movie has very few flaws, and where it is flawed is, I it's don't know. Not, it's not, like, large. It's not large. There's very, very few things that are flawed about it. Now every movie does yeah. have its flaws and little things. Of course, kind of, of course. Think, like, mm, like in Jaws, yeah. there's like the <laughs> that shouldn't be there scene. Um, Pete Davidson yeah. talked on that, where I was like, "What kind of shark is that?" Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, every movie has its little flaws, and yeah, yeah, yeah no movie's really like perfect, but. No movie's perfect, but I think American Psycho is up there with movies that are going to be as close as you're going to get. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Gio. Wow. Anything else you want to add? Um, I think I'm good. I think I got what I need to say about the movie out there. All right. What, anything else, you? No, I think I got what I wanted to say out. All right. I would like to thank you all for tuning into this episode. Um, next episode we'll be talking about I don't know, because I don't have a plan yet. I'll figure something out. Alright. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope we could inform you, or entertain you at least. <laughs> Goodbye to you all. Enjoy. Later. Follow this podcast and my letterboxed and my TikTok. And yeah, follow the podcast so you can get notified when our next episode releases. Thank you guys for listening, and have a nice day, or night, or whatever. <laughs>